Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence. It's that time of week. It's that time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. I've got the world on a string. Okay, I'll stop. I've always wanted to be a singer, but that's not going to happen. So, hey, what a great tune, right? One of, one of my all-time favorite jazz standards. And you know, you know what makes that tune so great? It's because you can play it as a ballad, you can play it as a bassa, you can play it up-tempo, you can play it laid back in a small ensemble setting with a huge orchestra, or simply just sing it a cappella in your kitchen, and the tune sounds wonderful. In fact, that's that, I believe, that is the mark of any great tune, that you can apply a wide variety of treatments in any setting, and it sounds fantastic. I've Got the World on a String was written by the great Harold Arlen, who wrote so many great tunes. Let's see, uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, Stormy Weather, One More for My Baby, and One More for the Road. Let's Fall in Love, It's Only a Paper Moon, and on and on and on. Anyway, you, you get my point. I've Got the World on a String ranks among one of his best songs ever, at least in my opinion. And again, I want you to head to YouTube and do a search for I've Got the World on a String and enjoy all of the wonderful treatments, all the wonderful recordings of this tune. My favorite is Oscar Peterson, along with Joe Pass, Ray Brown, and Louis Belson from Moline, Illinois, from my hometown area. And one and the one and only, the one and only Sarah Vaughn singing. Talk about swinging. This is a must listen to. So check it out. Go to YouTube and enjoy. I've got the world on a string. Again, for all you new listeners to Jazz Piano Skills, I like to begin each one of my podcasts by doing just a little bit of playing. And I, I do so for several reasons. One, it's, it's important for you to know that I play and that I'm a professional jazz pianist and music educator. In fact, that's even more important as to why you're listening. It's because I can teach. That not only do I know how to play jazz piano, I know how to teach it. And that's why I do these podcasts. To share, to teach, to help you become a better jazz pianist. I also like to play for you because I was inspired when my teachers would play, never leaving a lesson without them playing something to motivate me. So I hope that my playing inspires and motivates you too. Likewise, I play because I want to introduce and demonstrate various styles, genres, and approaches to playing jazz piano. It's such a diverse art form, and I want to try to magnify that fact as much as possible in these podcasts. Okay, so before jumping in to this week's lesson, uh, I want to remind you and remind everyone that there is a supplemental educational guide available for, specifically for this podcast. In fact, I develop one for each one of my podcast lessons because many of you, and I, I mention this every, every week, that many of you are visual learners. You like to see it written uh, on musical, in using musical notation. I'm the same way. And so the supplemental educational guides musically notate the jazz piano skill being explored in the podcast. 
And I do uh, the, um, uh, the guides in all 12 keys. So you're not just seeing it in the specific key that I demonstrate in with, within, the, within the podcast, but I actually notate the scale in all 12 keys for you as well. The guides are definitely a great resource to add to your jazz education materials. And the supplemental guides can be easily downloaded from jazzpianoskills.com. Once you're on the site, click on the podcast link in the menu bar that runs across the top of the page, and you will then see all of the Jazz Piano Skills podcast episodes along with the download links for each one of the supplemental guides. And just a quick reminder, the podcast uh, guide for this episode will be uh, available for one week, uh, starting today, uh, for for $2.50. It's 50% off the regular $5 price. So it's a steal, and it's a great resource to have in your library. Uh, it's You know, I do that because it's just my way of saying thank you for being a Jazz Piano Skills podcast listener. And I'll provide you again, as I always do, with some more information at the end of this podcast. Also, If you have not checked out my Jazz Piano Skills courses, I want to encourage you to take just a few minutes to do so. Uh, My JPS courses provide you with exceptional educational content in a learning environment that is beautiful. It's aesthetically pleasing and instinctually easy to use. And the courses that I'm most proud of, they move you beyond just academic theory and towards the practical application and mastery of essential jazz piano skills needed to perform. For, for, for performance purposes. The courses are designed using a self-paced format that provides you with a thorough and comprehensive exploration of a specific professional jazz piano skill in all 12 keys and for all five sounds, major, dominant, minor, half-diminished, and diminished. Again, take a couple minutes. Visit jazzpianoskills.com Click on the courses link in the menu bar that runs across the top of the page, and you'll be able to check out the entire curriculum. And again, I'll provide you with some more information at the end of this podcast. All right. Now, last week I announced that the uh, the forums are up, they're live, and ready for action, the Jazz Panel Skills Forums. So I want to encourage you again uh, to go and visit. Do not be a scaredy cat. Get out there and start... Uh, asking questions and engaging. Uh, I want to try to create a jazz piano skills community where we can all gather and ask questions and receive answers um, and engage and interact with one another. Now, I'll tell you why this is so important. Uh, And I mentioned this before as well, that my days, my educational days at the University of North Texas were fantastic. And the jazz program, as I'm sure many of you know, is simply the best in the world. And uh, without question, I owe such a debt of gratitude to the faculty uh, and to the uh, courses that I participated in, participated in and studied, and the amazing ensembles that that I were that I was able to play in. They're fantastic. But but I learned even more, so much more, in the hallways and hanging out with other jazz musicians and sharing with one another our thoughts and ideas, asking questions, getting answers. Uh, The insight that I received and the education that I received in the hallways by actively engaging with the community uh, was invaluable. And so I'm trying to recreate that setting 
online with the, the Jazz Piano Skills forums. But I need you to get out there and start the ball rolling and engage. And so there's some of you have already done so. I've had some nice interaction with Joey. There's a shout out to you, Joey. Thank you so much. It's been fun interacting with you and uh, learning from you and getting your ideas and suggestions. Fantastic. And it, it's been a great help. Um, uh, so I, I want to t- encourage all of you to take some time. Go out there. If you, if you listen to this podcast and you have some questions or you have some ideas or thoughts that you want to share, go to the forums and start the ball rolling. Get it started. So again, just go to jazzpianoskills.com. You'll see in the menu bar that runs across the top of the page, you'll see the, uh, the link for the forums. Click on it, register as a forum member, uh, membership there with the forums, and get started, okay? I look forward to interacting with you uh, online and in the Jazz Piano Skills forums. Now, I want to stress that regardless of where you are, in your jazz journey, a beginner, an intermediate player, an advanced player, or an experienced professional, you will find this podcast, this lesson, to be beneficial. So this week, we are going to take a break from our triad study. So the last two weeks, right? We had triads part one, we had triads part two. Oh yeah, and guess what? There's triads part three and there's triads part four. and maybe even more. But listen, we're just going to take a break for this week, for the next couple of weeks, and we'll, we'll swing back around. We'll circle, circle the wagons back around the triads because there's so much there to examine and to explore. Um, but I want to move forward here and begin another series that has been requested, and I know you'll find it to be very beneficial as well. So in this week's lesson, you are going to discover two-hand voicings used by jazz pianists when playing behind another instrumentalist or vocalist or to add harmonic interest and movement to your playing. So you're going to discover two-hand voicings. You are going to learn how to construct five-note voicings with two notes in your left hand and three notes in your right hand. And you are going to play two primary five-note voicings for major, dominant, minor, half-diminished, and diminished chords or sounds. So this is going to be a packed lesson. It is so important to mention that the study of voicings is probably the most complicated and confusing of all jazz piano skills. I'm not kidding. I think this is the most complicated and confusing of all the jazz piano skills. And here's why. Sadly, it's because it's presented and taught so poorly by jazz pianists all around the world. My goodness. I have voicing book after voicing book after voicing book after voicing book that are packed with a ton of information that, quite frankly, overwhelms you once you open the covers and begin to try to actually decipher 
or understand the material. Once you try to discover the approach or the method being used to construct the voicings being presented, turn off the lights, right? It's over. It's, it's overwhelming. And what you actually end up quickly realizing is that there is not an approach, method, or system at all that is being presented. You discover that what is actually being presented is simply data. So, in the books, in essence, they shovel a lot of data out to you. But, as a student who is truly wanting to learn and play jazz piano, you know that the presentation of data is not teaching. And unfortunately, this happens far too often in, in the jazz education world. In fact, the odds are, when you go to buy a jazz piano book, you're going to end up simply buying a bunch of data. Man, we love to fill the pages of our books with data because we can charge more, right? The thicker the book, the higher the price. Makes perfect sense. All of this to say to you that if you tried to study voicings in the past, I guarantee it, you have probably walked away more confused and frustrated than when you started. And I want you to know that it's not you. You are not alone. In fact, everyone walks away confused and frustrated when tackling the challenge of learning how to play voicings like the jazz pianist you hear in the recordings that you listen to. So my challenge today is to teach, is to teach you two-hand voicings and to do so in such a way that your thoughts do not become tangled like fishing line. I must teach you in such a way that after listening to this podcast, you feel like, A, you get it. You don't walk away frustrated. In fact, the opposite feeling must surface. I want you thinking, man, this is not hard to understand at all. This is actually quite simple. Of course, I'm talking conceptually. you got to first understand it conceptually before it can develop physically. And of course, your conceptual understanding of the voicings has to be um, very clear and precise. Otherwise, there's not going to be any physical development. I, I tell students all the time, if a, if a jazz piano skill is foggy or complicated or unclear upstairs in your mind, then it's going to be foggy and complicated and unclear downstairs on the piano in your hands, right? So conceptual understanding drives physical development. So one of the things that I want you walking away from with this podcast is that you understand how to construct these voicings and that you feel like, man, I get it. This is not difficult. This makes perfect sense. B, I want you to know that, yes, you're going to have data at the end of this podcast to work with, but it's going to be data that you can actually manage, right? Data that you can control. Data 
that you can practice. That's so important. Data that cannot be managed, cannot be interpreted, or systematically practiced is useless data. It's no good. And that's the problem with many of the jazz piano voicing books. It's data that you cannot manage, interpret, or systematically practice. So at the end of this podcast, I want you to have that feeling and understanding that, man, I now have a method, an approach, a system for constructing real jazz voicings. And C, I have a way to actually study and effectively practice the data. And finally, D, I want you to walk away where you believe and know that you can do this. And of course, yes, you can. So let's do this. Let's discover, learn, and play two-hand voicings, part one. So sit back, relax, turn on your ears. Here we go. Okay, the very first thing we want to talk about is the construction, how to build these two-hand voicings. One thing I want you to always keep in mind as we do this is that we are dealing with today five-note voicings. All of my two-hand voicings consist of five notes. I play two in the left, and I play three in the right. Now, somebody might ask, well, can there be other ways to do it? Of course there can be, but I'm teaching you how I approach it. I'm teaching you how I finally made sense of voicings in such a way that I could actually practice the data, right? So my voicings, five notes, two in the left, three in the right. And I'm consistent with this. In fact, if you uh, go back to a podcast I did a little while back on altered dominant voicings, where I was presenting polychords to deal with, um, you know, sharp nines and flat nines, sharp five, flat five, uh, fully altered voicings over the dominant chord, and I use polychords. If you notice, if you go and listen to that podcast, you notice that with those voicings, I had two notes in the left and I had the triad or three notes in the right to be to uh, construct those altered dominant voicings. So I remain consistent today with five note voicings for two hands, two in the left, three in the right. So let's go through and let's construct two-hand voicings for major, dominant, minor, half-diminished, and diminished sounds for diminished chords, okay? So we're going to start with our major voicings, and I'm going to present two options, two primary options. Now, I use the word primary because um, there are secondary options as well, and we're going to deal with those in part two next week. So today we're dealing with two primary options for each voicing for major, dominant, minor, half diminished, and diminished. So here we go with major. Option one, primary option one. In the left hand, 
I want you to play an E and an A. And in your right hand, I want you to play D, G, and B. So we get this when I strike it all together. It's a beautiful voicing, beautiful sound. So what I have, I have in the left hand, my E and A is the third and sixth of the scale. And in my right hand, I have the D, G, and B, which is the second or the ninth, right? The second, the fifth, and the seventh. Again, when I strike it all together, C major seven. Now, just as an added bonus, I can take my B and raise it up one half step to C. And now I have a two-handed voicing based completely on the interval of a fourth. From E to A, a fourth, A to D, D to G, and G to C. Right? So if I don't want a real major seventh sound, it's right, I want something like a to play like a C major six sound. I would use that voicing instead. But for today, the, the option that I'm really focusing on and demonstrating is the pure major seventh sound, which is gonna be the E, A, D, G, and B. That's option one. Now, major primary option two voicing. In the left hand, I want you to play B, and E. And in your right hand, I want you to play A, D, and G. So if I strike those five notes together, it sounds like this. Really pretty. So what I have here is B and E in my left hand, which is the, the B is the, is the, uh, the seventh, and the E is the third. And then in my right hand, I have the A, which is the sixth of the scale, D, the second or the ninth, and then my G up on top, which is the fifth. So I strike it all together again. Beautiful. So my two options, option one, E, A, D, G, B. Option two, B, E, A, D, G. Five note voicings. Two in the left, three in the right. So now, let's take a listen to how these sound in a musical context, in a musical setting. And today I'm going to use a nice little bossa nova groove in the background. Um, so here we go. Here, here are the major voicings, two options, option one, option two. Uh, option one starting with the third down in the left hand, option two starting with the with the seventh or the B in the left hand. And uh, I think you're gonna love how this sounds. So take a listen, here we go.
Pretty cool, right? Do they do, don't they sound great? Wait till you start playing them, and you know what you're gonna say. First thing you're gonna say when you put those under your under your fingers and you hear your hear you playing them, you're gonna say to yourself, "Man, I sound like a jazz pianist," and indeed you do, because you're actually using voicings that jazz pianists use. So okay, now let's approach it the same way, but now deal with our dominant sound, our dominant chord. So we're going to, again, five notes, two in the left, three in the right. So we're going to do C dominant. So we're going to start with, in the left hand, our E, and we're going to have a B flat. So we have our third and our seventh. In our right hand, I want you to play E, A, and D. So you're going to have the third, which is the E, the sixth, which is the A, and the D up on top, which is the ninth or the second. So when I strike that together, I get a really big dominant sound using only five notes. Two in the left, three in the right. Now, the second primary option. I'm going to start with the seventh, B flat, and then I'm going to play the E, the third, directly above it. And then in my right hand, I'm going to start with the note A, which is the sixth, then the note D, which is my second or ninth and then G up on top, which is the fifth. So when I strike that, those five notes together, I get another great dominant sound. So I got option one starting on the third, E, B flat, D, A, I mean, sorry, E, B flat, E, A, D, and option two, B flat, E, A, D, G. Option one, option two, great sounds. So now let's take a listen to our dominant voicings in a musical setting, in a musical context. Again, using a nice bossa nova groove. Here we go. Check out these dominant voicings.
pretty cool, pretty exciting. But before you run off to play these, because I know you want to go play these, we still got three more to go, right? We got minors, half diminished, and diminished. So sit tight and listen to these. So now, our minor voicings. Again, we have two primary options. Option one, option two, five notes. Two in the left, three in the right, okay? So now our minor. We're gonna start in our left hand. We're gonna start with a C, low C, be below middle C. We're gonna start, uh, I'm sorry, the, the next note's gonna be the F. So our C is the root. Our F is the fourth for the left hand. Two notes in the left hand. Root and the fourth, F. And our right hand, we're gonna have B flat, which is the seventh, E flat, the third, and then G, the fifth. So we have B flat, E, G. C and, the, C and F in the left hand. We put it all together, we get very cool minor voicing. Now, that's option one. Option two, we're going to start with G in our left hand, the fifth, then we're going to place the C, middle C, right on top of it. So our left hand has G, C, fifth root. Our right hand has F, the fourth, B flat, the seventh, E flat, the third. When you strike it all together, the five notes, here's what we get. Another great minor voicing. So we have option, option one, C, F, B flat, E flat, G. Option two, G, C, F, B flat, E flat. What great sounds. Option one, Option two. Beautiful. Now, let's hear our minor voicings, our two-hand minor voicings, five notes, two in the left, three in the right. Let's hear these voicings in a musical setting, musical context. So here we go once again with our bossa nova. Enjoy and check out these sounds. telling you, you just cannot play voicings any hipper and better than those voicings. They sound fantastic. And you know, as you start practicing these shapes and these sounds, you're going to hear them 
they're going to become more obvious to you orally when you're listening to jazz pianists because you're going to hear these voicings over and over and over again in the literature that you listen to. So now we've done major, we've done dominant, we've done minor. Now let's look at our half diminished voicings. So again, with half diminished, just like with major, dominant, minor, we have two options. Option one, option two, uh, five note voicings, two in the left, three in the right. We're staying consistent with the system, with the approach, two in the left, three in the right. So now with our half diminished voicings, we're going to start first, option one, with our root in the left hand, followed by the fifth, which is going to be G flat. Tritone. And in our right hand, we're going to play the root, the fourth, and the seventh, which is C, F, and B flat. So listen to this voicing when you strike all five together. Got some tension in there, got a little bite, right? But wait till you hear it in a musical context. It sounds fantastic. So we have in the left hand, C, G flat, right hand, C, F, B flat. Awesome. Now, voicing two, option two. We're gonna start with the fifth in the left hand, which is gonna be our G flat. We're gonna go place a C, our middle C on top of that. Then in our right hand, we have F, B flat, E flat. Or the fourth, F is the fourth, B flat, the seventh, and then E flat, the third. So we put that together, all five notes, all right? So we get option one, option two. Option one again, C, F, I mean, sorry, C, G flat in the right hand, C, F, B flat. Option two, G flat, C, right hand, F, B flat, E flat. So now, let's listen to these half diminished voicings in a musical context, musical setting. Again, using our bossa nova groove. Here we go, check it out. I absolutely love those half diminished voicings. And uh, 
Wait till you drop those into the context of a song, too. You're going to love it, right? Half diminished has always seemed to be a, a voicing that people struggle with, um, but not anymore. Use those voicings, and uh, you're going to love how those sound when you start dropping those into the songs that you play. Now, our final uh, set of voicings for the diminished chord. So we have, again, two options, uh, five notes each option, two in the left, three in the right. So option one for our diminished chord, we're going to start with our third, which is E flat. Then we're going to go to our seventh, which here's where it gets a little tricky. The seventh, based on our diminished scale, is the note A. So we have an E flat and an A in our left hand. In our right hand, we are going to play uh, E flat, our third. We're going to play A flat, our six, and then D flat, our nine. So our three, six, nine. E flat, A flat, D flat. So our C diminished voicing sounds like this, option one. Okay. E flat again in the left hand, our third, A, which is our seventh in this case, and then our right hand, E flat our third, A flat our sixth, and D flat our ninth. Now, option two, we're going to start with our seventh, which is our A. We're going to go to our third, which is our E flat. In our right hand, we're going to use start with our six, which is A flat, then our ninth, which is D flat, and then our fifth, which is G flat. Put it all together. Beautiful. So again, in our left hand, we have A, E flat. In our right hand, we have A flat, D flat, G flat. So option one diminished, starting on the third. Option two diminished, starting on the seventh. When I say that, starting on the third in the left hand, starting on the seventh in the left hand, right? Both voicings. The third in the left hand is on the bottom. The seventh is in the left hand on the bottom. Option A or option one, option two great diminished voicings. So let's check these out, right? Let's drop these into a musical setting and see how we like them. So here we go. Diminished voicings, option one, option two, placed in a musical context using a bossa nova groove. Check it out.
diminished voicings never sounded so good and so hip. So, okay. So now we've gone through major, dominant, minor, half diminished, and diminished voicings. We, I've presented for you two options, two primary options, an option one and option two for each sound, for major, dominant, minor, half diminished, and diminished. Each voicing is constructed using five notes, two in the left and three in the right. Now what's interesting, your major, your dominant, and your diminished voicings start with either the third in your left hand or the seventh in your left hand. The minor and the half diminished voicings start with either the root in the left hand or the fifth in the left hand. Just a little side note to help you kind of organize these voicings in your mind. Get the supplemental guide that I've put together for this lesson, for this podcast, and it will help you as well. Well worth the $2.50 this week for you to um, have sit those voicings, these, these shapes sitting on your piano while you're practicing them. Okay, so now, I want to take all these voicing options, option one, option two, and I want to play them side by side for you. So here's our bossa nova groove again, and uh, it's going to go straight from C major to C dominant to C minor to C half diminished to C diminished. Two measures each. So you're going to hear me first, in the first go around, play, clearly play option one and then option two for major, then, the, then measure three option one for dominant, measure four, option two for dominant, and so on. Then the second go around, I kind of mix it up a little bit and play it like I would musically in a, in a, like accompanying an instrumentalist or vocalist. So I want you to hear these voicings side by side and hear them moving from major, dominant, minor, half diminished, and diminished, so you can hear how beautiful these voicings sound. So take a listen to this. Here we go. agree, right? You're not going to do any better than that. These voicings are gold. They're fantastic. And you know what's even better? That it makes sense. These voicings make sense conceptually. 
These are five note voicings across the board for all sounds, major, dominant, minor, half diminished and diminished. And these five note voicings are always split up with two in the left, three in the right. It's very systematic. It's a very clear method. And until I started voicing in this way, voicings were always elusive to me. It seemed to be way too many options, way too many approaches, way too many ways or variations. It was very confusing. So once I committed to this approach, it, my voicings and my playing radically changed. So it's great to finally have in your hands a method, a system to approaching playing these chords, right? Five note voicings, two in the left, three in the right for all major, dominant, minor, half diminished and diminished sounds. So I hope you have found this Jazz Piano Scales podcast lesson on two-hand voicings, part one, because part two is coming next week. I hope you found this lesson to be insightful, comforting, and of course, beneficial. Before we wrap things up, I, I want to take time again to remind you that the supplemental guide is available. I highly recommend it, especially for this lesson, to help you keep things in order and to help you uh, manage the data and to be able to get these shapes and these sounds under your fingers as quickly as possible. Simply uh, go to jazzpianoskills.com, click on the podcast link on the home page there that in the menu bar that runs across the top of the page. It will take you to, uh, to the, the page where all the podcast episodes are listed as well as the um, podcast guides. And you'll be able to click on the link there and download the guide and uh, be able to print it out. And don't forget, it's half price for this week, right? You're going to save 50% off the regular $5 price and get it for $2.50. While you're there, uh, take a second and check out the Jazz Piano Skills courses. Um, if you're wanting to study uh, this topic and others extensively, I encourage you to check the courses out. Um, they are packed with comprehensive lessons that explore essential jazz piano skills. And each lesson in each one of my courses contain detailed instructions and illustrations, in-depth educational talks, interactive learning media, uh, traditional guides and worksheets, uh, high-definition videos. I demonstrate everything uh, in, using video and do so in all 12 keys so you can see fingerings and hand shapes and so forth. Uh, there are play-along tracks and lead sheets for you to utilize while practicing. And also um, professional and private educational support uh, is available too. And of course, um, all the courses, uh, the mobile access, right? It cracks me up that, that you, can, you can get all these courses and access them anytime. So, you know, wh whether it's from, from your computer or your laptop or your tablet, your phone, or yes, like I mentioned before, I even have a student that actually does it on his watch. So uh, check out the Jazz Piano Skills courses. And then also don't forget, join the Jazz Piano Skills forum and, and start uh, interacting, start engaging. And let's create that jazz piano community out there where we can all get to know one another and uh, benefit from our, each other's questions and answers and insights. All right? So don't be a scaredy cat. Go out there and get the ball rolling. If you have questions regarding this podcast, that would be a great time to jump into the forum and let's get some conversations going. Okay? So that's it for now. And until next week, 
Enjoy this amazing journey. And most of all, have fun as you discover and learn and play jazz piano.